Hello, this is Steve Copley. I'm the Executive Director of Interfaith Arkansas, and welcome to our new podcast, a product of Interfaith Arkansas, called We Are Arkansas. Um, We are more alike than different, and that will really be the uh, heart of the various uh, interviews that we do in the future. We're very interested in showing how different faith traditions and and different people who are engaged in our work um, who live here in Arkansas are much more alike than different. Today we have on our very first podcast an interview with Jennifer Reimer, who's from North Little Rock, about the Baha'i faith tradition. Jennifer's been a member of the Baha'i faith tradition for 45 years, and we're very excited about having her on today to talk about about her faith journey and her faith. So now let's uh, turn to our interview with Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome to We Are Arkansas. It's great to have you as a guest this morning, and I'm excited to learn more about the uh, Baha'i faith tradition. Could you tell me just uh, a bit about the cultural and historical foundations of the Baha'i faith? Yes, and thank you so much for having me, Steve. This is an honor and a privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, The Baha'i faith began in 1844 in Tehran, which at that time was in the country of Persia. It began with a merchant whose name, um, his title was the Bab, which means the gate. And he was the forerunner of the prophet Baha'u'llah, whose title means the glory of God. The Bab came specifically to make way for the second messenger. And so in 1844, the Baha'i era began, and the Baha'i faith had its beginning in 1863. And it um, has many interesting turns in its history. So could you tell me just a little bit more about the two individuals, the Bab and Baha'u'llah? Yes, um, they were considered um, the twin manifestations of God, which answered prophecy. They never actually met one another, although they were walking the face of the earth at the same time. They were as one soul. And so they both were from uh, Persia? Yes, they both were from uh, Persia at the time. Uh, The Bab was from... um, Bushir, well, he had Shiraz was his birthplace, and he worked in Bushir, and Baha'u'llah was from Tehran, and he was born into a noble family. His father was a a significant government official, like a governor, and uh, Baha'u'llah was given the opportunity to take over his place, but chose not to, because he wanted to take care of the poor and the indigent, and was known as the father of um, the poor and the ill. That's fascinating. That's that's a very interesting history. So what are some of the major teachings of the Baha'i tradition? Baha'is have a, um, a set of strong principles that we live by, and the core beliefs are as follows. We believe there's only one loving Father God who has brought forth across all time lighted individuals, individuals who are here to guide us to His will. Baha'u'llah is the newest of these, is our belief. But in that belief, we believe that all religion is one because the same author has come forth repeatedly. Um, So we believe there's one God. We believe there's essentially one spiritual religion that has had different social laws across time, depending upon the exigencies of the time. And we also believe that mankind is one, that each one of us has come with a trust from God in our being, that we are to foster and to grow and develop. And so we believe that the elimination of prejudice is essential for the unity of mankind on earth. So we have um, principles 
that directly affect that, the elimination of prejudice, the equality of women and men, the required education of all children, be they male or female, um, the spiritual solution to the economic problem, which is a very interesting topic, as well as many others. There are too many to mention. 5,000 or more admonitions, including things like show kindness to animals. So if I understand you correctly then, the teachings of the Buddha, the teachings of Jesus, the teaching in the history of Moses or Abraham, the teaching of Muhammad, would all have a role in the Baha'i tradition. Yes, correct, and there are writings to testify to it. For example, um, the Golden Rule, as we have it, is all is named in each one of these religions with a few different words, but it came from a different country, so the language interpretation is a little bit different. But the relationship, for example, between Buddhism and the, and the Baha'i faith would be something like uh, a writing from Baha'u'llah, let deeds, not words, be your adorning. So we have, we have gifts given to us about how to go forward in spirituality to help create the kingdom of God on earth, which as Baha'is we believe that is the purpose of all religion, is to carry forward an ever-advancing civilization. Tell me some more about you, the, the teaching in the sense that because we're all one, this deep sense of concern for equality between all human beings, because Interfaith Arkansas, which is the sponsor of We Are Arkansas, believes that we are more alike than different. And, uh, and I hear that resonating in the teachings of, of the Baha'i tradition. Could you say a little bit more about that? Yes, and it's, it's an honor again. Um, we believe that the spiritual teachings that have come down from all recorded history, and before recorded history, in fact, have all been the same. We'll never, never be able to be in conflict one with another. We're not allowed to lie, we're not allowed to steal, we're not allowed to kill. We need to honor our parents. These things, all of the ones that are main teachings of all religions are the same and they don't change. What has changed are the social laws like inheritance, divorce, education, dietary. And these are the foundations or the bits and pieces that have caused all the war and all the differences and disparity across mankind. So in Interfaith Arkansas, we get to be together with people who have the same spiritual direction. We don't look at those things that are different between us because we do know what God wants and we're working forward for that. So to me, it's very clear. It's easy to set aside um, being a vegetarian. It's not easy to set aside any of the spiritual laws. It cannot be done. What's interesting is, so the spiritual laws, and you and I have had these discussions before, um, like, like many faith traditions are enshrined in writings yes. um, that are, are considered sacred writings and, and those important texts. You alluded to those a little while ago, but can you share with, with the audience what some of the, if they were looking for what some of the major writings of the Baha'i tradition that they might be able to have access to that, uh, what, what are those? Okay. Well, first of all, I'd like to share with you the Bob has a book called The Bayan, which was his main text. And there's another one that's kind of excerpted from it called The Writings of the Bob, which is excerpted from the Bayan and some of the other things that he did in his short six-year ministry. 
So those are excellent and very lovely to read. Baha'u'llah, on the other hand, has given us hundreds of books and over 5,000 tablets for us to realize our future and how to go forward with his guidance. This particular revelation, as all religions have pro prophesied the next to come, says that it'll be a thousand years inside of the Baha'i religion that this is God's will. So there is a, gr a great growing number of his writings that are being translated. They have not yet been translated. But his revelation for the years that he was with us, 40 years he continually revealed. I would recommend just personally a small book called The Hidden Words that has many beautiful short quotes to help us with our uh, basic life as, O son of man, I love thy creation, hence I created thee. Wherefore do thou love me that I may name thy name and fill thy soul with the spirit of life. And it'd be important to know that the writings that you're talking about, we're, we're doing this uh, interview in the Interfaith Arkansas uh, Library, and those writings can be found here, and, uh, and there, are, there are ways to contact us to check those out. But where might be some other places they could secure those, those writings? Public libraries, they're online. Um, Baha'i.org has them online. There's another website called Baha'i Library. All of it is free and all of it is available. Um, I would also recommend not just the hidden words. We have a beautiful prayer book for those who are seeking guidance from, you know, ways to ask God for the things that we need. That's over 200 pages long of prayers that speaks to, like if you want to pray for your children or if you want to pray for your marriage or if you want to pray for your community, there are many lovely prayers to be shared in there. But there's another book called The Gleanings which is also wonderful for uh, understanding the guidance that's come from Baha'u'llah. Tell me some more about the prayers. Who I, I suspect some of those prayers are from Baha'u'llah, but are there others from other individuals? And, and are there any sort of parameters the Baha'i tradition uh, sets in terms of saying that's an appropriate prayer for our faith or not? Oh, good question. Um, the Bab and Baha'u'llah are the majority of the authors inside the prayer book, as you said. Um, they are translated carefully through the Universal House of Justice, so the word, every single word is either acceptable or not acceptable, and whether it's um, approved by the Universal House of Justice has been uh, verified, and it's in the prayer book. Now, there is another author in, in the Baha'i prayer book, and that is the son of Baha'u'llah, whose name is Abdu'l-Baha, means servant of the glory. And he has written, he's the only one who has the capacity to write further prayers. None of the other um, important people in the faith do, and there are many of those which I won't go into. But he, uh, he was given the title interpreter and the master, and so he's able to author prayers for us as well. He was considered the perfect exemplar, so the guidance came from Baha'u'llah, and his son lived beyond Baha'u'llah, came to America and was here um, and died in 1921. So we have uh, books about his journey through America, and we have uh, many stories about his life while he was here, as well as through Europe and Northern Africa. So, so I'm intrigued. So he came to the United States yes, and toured. Didn't live here 
Right. Um, but where are some of the places he might have gone while he was here? He came in through the harbor in New York. He was to Washington, D.C. He went up into Maine. He was into Lima, Ohio, and Chicago. He helped lay the cornerstone for the Baha'i House of Worship in Chicago. Uh, we have photographs of him being present. Then he traveled. At, traveling at that time was a very difficult thing, but he did travel by train and by coach all the way to Los Angeles and then back. Uh, he sent emissaries to various cities along the way. He went through Denver on his way. I don't know all the cities, but he was here for 239 days. He also departed from New York and uh, wrote prayers specifically for America. So he, does, he has um, divided the country into four segments and wrote a prayer for teaching in each one of the four segments of the United States that he devised. Was there significance of the four segments or just... Well, it was the Northwest and the Southwest and the Northeast and the Southeast, and he had the Central States in there as well. So we're, we have a prayer devised specifically that covers Arkansas from Abdu'l-Baha. Good. You mentioned the International House of Justice. Yes. And so it moves us a little, and then, you know, his visit into the United States and around the world, United States, Europe, and uh, the, the Baha'i faith tradition is worldwide. Can you tell us a little bit about the structure of the faith tradition from local spiritual assemblies yes. all the way to the International House of Justice? Yes, I'll be happy to, and thank you for asking. Um, the Baha'i faith is, has no clergy. And that's probably one of the most important things people need to hear. We are now in an age in which humanity has the, the gift and the ability to interpret the Word of God for themselves and the responsibility to do so. We have, therefore, no one to interpret the Word for us. We have to do it ourselves. But we need guidance inside of our local communities because every community is different. So inside of a geographical construct, a city limit, where there are nine Baha'is gathered, they are considered a local spiritual assembly and they elect themselves once each year. Every community that has one uh, does an annual election, whether there are nine or 175 people or however many there are. Those people that are less than that can either be a group or unincorporated. That's on the local level. Then we have on the national level, national spiritual assemblies that are also elected every year, but they're elected by delegates that are elected in a unit convention. They're divide, the country is divided into units and Arkansas is one unit. This year, the unit convention will be in Rogers and we'll be electing a delegate who will go to the National Spiritual Assembly election and cast their vote for the National Spiritual Assembly. Every country in which there are Baha'is, which is every country, has a national spiritual assembly. And once each five years, the entire body of national spiritual assemblies, all nine members from all of the countries, go to Haifa, Israel, and elect the Universal House of Justice once each five years. So the Universal House of Justice has been given the responsibility of dealing with anything international and you can think of a lot of different things that that might be. Um, they are responsible for helping um, educational centers be developed. We have uh, new ones being formed in Kampala, not Kampala, Kuala Lumpur, 
and in um, I want to say Cauca del Norte, which is in Bolivia and a variety of other places where these centers of education are starting. They're learning centers and we're growing that way. So that's our essential basis. There's, there's other structures involved that interface between them, regional bodies and uh, local coordinators. So I can't, that's all I can tell you for that. Just, just briefly, so how did the international... Uh, Election take place? Well, how did the international body get to be in Haifa? that's our world center. Um, it is also an answer to prophecy that ev uh, even the desert shall bloom. And so the Baha'i faith on Mount Carmel has placed uh, a shrine to the Bab. So the holy shrine for the, uh, to recognize the Bab was erected over time. It took a great deal of time and it, I can't even remember the first day. His, his remains were placed in 1910 by Abdul Baha's own hand, he carried the remains of the Bab and placed them on the, in the ground. And the shrine has been erected over time. Um, it is a place of world pilgrimage for the Baha'is. But also there we have, besides the shrine for the Bab, the Ark of the Covenant, in which there are the archives buildings that houses many of the uh, beautiful artifacts from the history of the faith. We have a, a center for the study of the texts where the translations take place and where people can go to sit and learn and have guidance. There's also the Universal House of Justice, the seat in which they, their meetings are held. There's an international library. There's, um, there's one more building that's evading me, but it's, it's designed in an ark form. And inside the ark are the, the remains of the women of the faith. Uh, Abdu'l-Baha's wife, Baha'u'llah's Baha wife and son are all buried there. Have you been on pilgrimage to Haifa? Yes, I have twice, and each time it was an amazing experience. Um, you're allowed to go into the, the Most Holy Shrine, where uh, the Bab's remains are housed, and Abdul Baha is as well. And we are going to the other, the Qibla, which is where Baha'u'llah has also been buried, but it's not in that same shrine. It's uh, across the bay in the, the um the Palace of Baji, where his body uh, was uh, placed. So there we go to offer our prayers and re request guidance. Well, I am so uh, fascinated and impressed by the, uh, there are Baha'is in every continent, every part of the world. And, and it's amazing at the recent uh, event, uh, uh, recent celebration, the video that came, and to see the expression of faith from all people and the key tenet of Baha'i, the Baha'i faith tradition, is the equality of all humans because we're, my language would be created in the image of God, that uh, it's impressive. So how many, and I know there it's an estimate, but how many adherents do you think there are in the Baha'i tradition around the world? And how many folks are in Arkansas? Well, as you noted, it, it's difficult to keep track of because it changes every day. Uh, we're told there are approximately six million Baha'is worldwide. Uh, inside of Arkansas, there's a, uh, this is again approximate because we just recently in the last couple of months had five new declarations, but um, there's approximately 450. Uh, there's a, a good deal of them in the Northwest and here in the Central State. Then they're smattered all over into Hot Springs and Pine Bluff and Mountain Home and 
etc. So they're they're across the state in Fort Smith and Russellville and Conway. They're you know they're everywhere around the state. Um, we don't have a big presence because we're not allowed to proselytize. We are able to answer questions. So if anybody has any questions, we'd be more than likely to more than happy to divulge what we believe and who we are and how to interface. There are um, devotionals held in the Little Rock area on a regular basis and study classes where we learn about the reflections of the life of the Spirit and um, inside of that it's reading the writings and daily prayer and what is the life after death that we're all wanting to know about. This is all engaged in that first book of study. so. There's more places for people to learn about the Baha'i faith. And what is a devotional? Is that a... Oh, a devotional is a spiritual conversation where we come together and share. For example, there might be a theme of unity, or there might be a theme of racism, or there might be a theme of kindliness or a radiant heart. And anyone who wants to come from their religious tradition and share their writings about that particular piece we have ours, and we'll see how we are more alike than different. That's that's great. And you, one last question. You mentioned the declaration. Yes. And I know you recently, your grandson made his declaration. Would you just share a little bit about what, what that means, the significance within the Baha'i tradition? It is a recognition of Baha'u'llah as the prophet or the ray of light for this day and age to bring forth the, the teachings of the day. Um, it means that you have taken on the responsibility of your own spiritual growth because inside of our faith we have the individual then we have the community and so as you grow as an individual you recognize that your service to community will help advance civilization and each person who becomes a Baha'i does so knowing that there's work to do because we don't have clergy and each person comes in knowing that it's an honor to serve God. Jennifer, thank you so much for your time and for being on our We Are Arkansas uh, show this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. It's been a pleasure to be here. We want to thank you for joining us on this first podcast. Hope that you'll uh, tune in again as, as we bring some topics of great interest. If you want to find out more about Interfaith Arkansas, you can go to www.interfaith.com. Arkansas.com, www.interfaitharkansas.com. And remember, we are more alike than different. Thank you. Mm-hmm.